Hey, how you guys doing? This is the producer from Brothers Comics. Welcome to the Marvel Hacks Season 5, Episode 1. We are back after a uh, an extended holiday break uh, as Season 4 ended, and then we got the holidays. We took all of that time off to kind of refresh our batteries and reset the Marvel Hacks. On the line tonight, I have my two favorite Marvel Hacks. We're getting close to... Um, Black History Month, by the way, so this is going to change here very soon. <laughs> On the line tonight, it's, uh, uh, it's the Sandman. Sandman, say what's happening. Konnichiwa, people. Still in front for one more month. Yeah, we're going to bring him back uh, just just a little bit, bring him up to the front. And also on the line tonight, it's Brother Beavis. Brother Beavis, what's happening? Hey, y'all. Welcome back. Yeah, I know, man. It was a very long time. Oh, wow. There's been a lot of books that have come yeah, there's been a lot of books that have come out, too, and I'm just like, hey, you know, stuff that we had started in season four, kind of reading in the interim, and uh, a lot of it still wasn't very good. Um, that, <laughs> you know, I, my co-title my co for this season is The X-Men Return, uh, which we've done, like, on three previous seasons, I think, and, um, but we're, we're not, yeah, we're not going to, we're not going to, we... We started extermination in uh, season four. It ended. Uh, the reboot of Uncanny X Men started um, during season four. It's still going on, but it's about to end as they reboot not not a full reboot, but they reboot the team in there. Um, did any of y'all even read any of that stuff? Uh, extermination, uh, the finish. Uh, yeah, I read it. I um, read some of the reviews on it, but I didn't see the actual book. I was yeah. just, I was just curious how it was no. going to end because it was such a mess and they had to clean all that up and it's, eh. <laughs> I've got my issues with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, to recap, the young X Men are back in the past. There Finally. you go. All right, um, and then the other one that's going on in Uncanny right now. There's a story with X Man and Legion, and the, the final issue I think might be next week because the Uncanny book reboots at eleven. And I think this was issue nine. It came out yesterday. There's going to be a new book where they're what's set in the age of apocalypse again. I just, you know, we feel like we're bitching all the time about this stuff, Brother Beavis, but it they just keep doing the same shit over. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the re, re, re return of the X-Men. And, the, yeah. we're, and we're not kidding this time marriage. And uh, yeah. the yeah. spectacularly overbloated anniversary issue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The yeah, uh, it's just, we're, we're really not going to have any more events. Events. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it's just so That's much, and I, it's just it's so frustrating. You know, sometimes, especially with X Men, I just I just don't get it. I don't understand how they don't get it either. But it is what it is. So we'll be re back with the X Men here in a couple of weeks during this season as they reboot it again. Looks like a much more classic lineup as Cyclops was going to return. Spoiler alert. Uh, so yeah, we'll come back to that as well. All right. Before we get into these damn books, we got to get to blurred notes, although it's not going to be a full blurred notes tonight. We're just going to do a B. Uh, and the first part of that is like a box office. Because although we did do a chance to, uh, we got a chance to review the movies on um, the Blackity Black podcast, Brother Beavis wasn't a part of that, and he got a chance to see both of Aquaman and Into the Spider Verse. And my, my response during the Blackity Black podcast was, yeah, Brother Beavis hated that one. And uh, yeah, he really liked that one. Those are those are my responses as, they, as, as the topics came up. So let let's start with the bad one first. Uh, your text to us was Aquaman is not a good movie. So go ahead and give your you know two minute review of Aquaman. 
Yeah, well, I, I kind of specifically worded it that way, and that doesn't mean it's a bad movie, but it's for sure not a good movie. Uh, you know, there were definitely good things about it. I think a lot of the world building they did was really cool. Um, you know, as, as bizarre and overdone and hokey as it was at times, you know, Atlantis was still, you know, a really weird and bizarre and at times cool thing. So that was that was cool. The, the main problem I had with it was... Like, the tone was just everywhere. And I think, you know, one of the things that we've seen over the past couple of years is a lot of times superhero movies become a spiff, a spoof on a particular genre. Or not a spoof, but a riff on a particular genre, whether it be a heist movie or a romantic comedy or whatever. And Aquaman was every type of movie you've ever seen in your life. Like, it was a disaster movie. It was a romantic comedy. It was the hero's journey. It was like it was a horror movie at one point. It was a Disney yeah. movie at, at many other points. Wow. Um, but and that was just, yeah, for real. When he went, like I said in that one text, when he went down to get his hook back from Tamatoa, I couldn't help but sing that song, uh, <laughs> the shiny song. But um, yeah. I mean, yeah. like I said, it wasn't necessarily bad, but it wasn't good, and it was it was pretty long. I thought yeah, that um, Orm was okay, but I don't know. It, it it wasn't great, but then I was thinking about it afterwards. Like, if I had to go see, if you made me go see any of the DC movies again, like in like pay for it in the theater, that would mm. that might be the one I would go see again. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, uh, it was he- it was hella long, and again, it kind of gets compared to you know crap. Basically, you know, it was like, well, it wasn't as shitty as this, you know, and, and if that's the start of your review, then I would always question the fact is, is the movie any good? Uh, I sent it to y'all, you know, shout out to Tate's Comics. Uh, they were able to give me their freaking viewers pass or whatever because Tate didn't want to go. And so I was able to see it a little bit earlier than everybody else. And my first thing to y'all was like, man, that movie changes when they leave Atlantis after his battle with Orm under the sea and they go uh, to the desert. I don't know what the fuck they were doing at that point. I'm like, wait, yeah. what are you doing? I'm like, oh, that scene, you're right, that scene. I was like, that looked like that came out of, like, Tangled, you know, where they're playing in the marketplace, her and, like, fan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you, I mean, like, it, it just changed completely. And then by the time it did try to get it back to being a comic book movie, you know, you're into the last act. You have a, you know, uh, a reveal that wasn't a really a mystery reveal. And as I said to y'all before, like, where the hell did that dragon come from? I was like, what yeah. the fuck? There's a dragon here. And um, I was yeah, like, it, I was sitting there like, if anyone is surprised by this shocking turn of events, like, welcome to your first movie. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, these obvious, <laughs> this is called obvious foreshadowing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just. I, I was hyped the first half. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, man, this is actually pretty good. And you know, not even in the oh, this is the best Aquaman movie that they could make. No, it was actually pretty good. I really liked it until that point, and then it just it, yeah, it fell apart. Um, okay, all right. It, it, yeah, uh, Brother Beavis, uh, Sandman is still holding strong, man. He is not seeing this movie. It's really, uh, I'm, I'm surprised, Sandman. I'm really am. I ain't gonna lie to you. I just don't have any desire to see it it just i don't care about aquaman i just don't i feels bad in a way because i just i understand that you know we're getting uh cal drago to be aquaman that should at least you know interest me a little bit and it does but i don't know it just the idea of paying for it just does not seem <laughs> something attractive to me right now 
I'll see it eventually. Somewhere. Yeah, I hear you. But his mom's name is Atlanta, not Martha. So the same answer. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> yes. Whatever you say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing could get him in here for this. Uh, On to a movie that most of us all did see and enjoy, which was Into the Spider Verse. Um, there will be many debates as to why that movie is doing, I guess, not worse, but lesser than Aquaman, because it is by far the superior of the two movies. So, you know, a, a lot of hype going in. I went into it. I was like, man, there's no way that this movie's going to live up to the expectations that people put on it or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's a solid hour and 45 minutes of just pure comic book fun. Like, I mean, there was just nothing really to you know complain about and i was looking man because i was really ready to kind of pick it apart a little bit and there was nothing so brother beavis you saw that one too and enjoyed it yeah i think the i think one of the things is timing right because aquaman came out second and people have the mainstream movie going audience has a short attention span so uh (laughs) i think it if if with aquaman being watchable then i think people kept watching it but yeah, I liked, uh, you know, you said it was comic book fun. I think the thing I, I took from it was like, it shows you with, you know, the addition of obviously sound and motion, and particularly the sound, like the, the Prowler sound was amazing. But it shows you like what what sort of almost like the enhanced comic book medium can be. And the I thought the story was good. I thought all the characters, the acting was cool. I thought, um, you know, the story arc was, was great. Uh, but the, the thing is, as much as I think this potentially opens up um, sort of a new a new type of movie, and there's so many stories from the comics that would be better in that form than in a live action movie, I don't know how mu- I don't know how many other properties this works with, because yeah, right. you know, particularly with Miles, Spider-Man skews to a certain sort of age uh, age range, and, and and gives you a lot of interesting opportunities. Um, I don't know. I don't know that there are a lot of other, um, a lot of other stories that really do that. I mean, I think the one that comes to my mind is if you're going to do a Fantastic Four Negative Zone movie, but nobody wants to see a regular Fantastic Four movie. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I think for, it worked. For that particular movie, and you know, I hear all this. Oh, they're gonna do like another one, and they're gonna do like a whole Gwenpool movie, or not Gwenpool, but like you yeah, know, a movie might. just like the Ladies of Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in a sense, I'm okay with that, but I'm also like, man, I know Sony's gonna try to milk it for every dollar, and uh, you know, generally speaking, sometimes the quality goes down in that, and so I hope they recognize and understand and take their time because I heard that this movie took three years to make because mm-hmm. of the animation. Yep. So if they're going to tell me that this Gwen movie is going to come out in, you know, two years from now, cause they took their time and, you know, they didn't just rush it out to get a movie out, then I'll probably be okay with it. But, um, yeah, I, I just thought it was a lot of fun. Um, uh, yeah, I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I just couldn't, I, I was really ready to not enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, because every, you know, I was just gonna be that dude. Like, oh well, you know, everybody said they liked it, but I was gonna try to pick holes on it, and I really didn't have anything. So I just thought <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, just a good movie. Okay, all right. Yeah, I know, Sam, man, you did see that one, and you, I know you enjoyed it as well. Yeah, I was uh, surprised to say the least, because um, we've discussed it before on here. I do not trust Sony. I don't like the way they do things. Generally, they tend to run things into the ground because they try, like you just said, they try to milk the hell out of their properties, anything Spider-Man. 
and we've already seen, like you mentioned, the, um, Spider Woman, uh, Spider Gwen. They've already announced, you know, spinoffs of this, and like I've heard, like cartoon TV shows, possibly, which Marvel yeah. owns the rights to that, so I don't know how that's going to work. But uh, um, other movies, you know, they're trying to make more franchise movies out of this, so that worries me. I thought this one was unique, you know. Uh, the word I keep coming back to is style. It has such style. Uh, yeah. The music, everything blends. It helps the story and the overall feel. And uh, I was shocked to say the to say the least. I did not think Sony was capable of something like this. And frankly, it wasn't really Sony. It was Lord and Miller who they hired. Yeah, Sony mm. supplied the money, but they made that movie yeah. without their interference, and I think that's why it came out so well. So, yeah, but yeah. I did love it. I love and Sony's, yeah, Sony riding a little bit of a high here with Venom, which is a yeah. ass awful movie. Yes, that, but made a bunch of money. Yeah. And then I saw this morning that the the Morbius movie is wrapping up, like the filming. I didn't even know they were filming it. It's already wrapping up filming. And I'm like, oh. Now, Lord, if they can get that that POS to actually make money and have some kind of interest, then they'll be on a hot streak. And I'll have to admit it, yeah. you know. But I just don't see like <laughs> that making money. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't yeah. see it. How in the world? How in the world? I don't know. Yeah, how dare they? Yeah. But anyway, all right. You you did not see Venom, correct, uh, brother? Beavis? No. Okay. You yeah, ain't your Aquaman. Your <laughs> <laughs> Aquaman. Yeah, it's really yeah. bad. Oh, yeah, it's really bad. There, there's literally nothing redeeming about that movie, and the fact that it's made, however, hundreds of millions of dollars is just a, a pox on this earth and, and people. <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah, people are gonna have to answer to Saint Peter to get in the gates for watching that movie, man. That's that's how bad it's gonna be. He's like, yeah, I see you did some good things on Earth, but you did go see Venom. Um, so we're going to have to say, that's a no from us, dog. Uh, so, yeah, you're, you're going to hell. So, all right. All right. All right, so let's end up with, oh, no, excuse me. I had, I had one other thing. The Captain Marvel 5, I assume that's the final trailer. It premiered during the national championship game, which I was actually watching. Kind of had forgotten that the trailer was coming on until they kept promoting it every 30 goddamn seconds. <laughs> uh, final trailer comes out. I did tell y'all I, I went and I already I got my tickets ahead of time because I'm stupid. Um, all right, yeah, I am, I am. I'm just dumb. I was like, oh, I'm gonna get my tickets already, whatever. Hey, so I got fans. my tickets, for whatever, for Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, kind of around the room, brother Beavis, the the final Captain Marvel trailer. Mm, it's still, I'm still pretty shaky. Um, okay. I think that it's gonna hinge upon. Her chemistry with somebody, whether it's Jude Law, which seems Fury. doubtful, and or or Samuel L. Jackson, and, yeah. and in their interviews, they talk like they're tight, but in the trailer, I don't know. It, it it's funny to me because as I watch it, I'm like, uh, it really does look more and more like Aquaman, because in particular, because there's like <laughs> aliens coming out of the water, but they have like yeah. the mentor training sequence. The uh, you know born of two worlds part. They've mm -hmm. got the heavy CGI space battle instead of underwater. It's got like all the elements. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, it, it, I'm hoping it's better than it than I've seen so far. Definitely looks like a Phase One movie um, for sure. It's an origin story. Uh, 
yeah, it is an origin story. It looks a little phase one-y, um, but with better, you know, graphics, essentially. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, I, it, that trailer didn't do anything to make me be like, oh, crap, I can't wait to go see Captain Marvel. Of course, I'm going to see it. Obviously, I bought my tickets already. So I'm like, I'm ready, but it didn't make me want to see it anymore. What about you, Sam? Well, I want to see it because she's a new hero. I mean, obviously, I know it from the books, and I'm curious how it's going to translate to the big screen, or if it will, for that matter. And there have been a lot of complaints about, um, uh, what's her name, the, the actress, um, Brie Larson. Larson. Brie Larson. Yeah, because people think she just has this uh, sad face, <laughs> basically, all the time, this stoic uh, way about her. I think that's just the way how they act asked her to play it though um for what i've seen uh, yeah i would think so yeah but um i'm very curious because they have big plans for this character going forward you know uh, obviously the uh phase one avengers are some of those cats are going to be leaving soon so she's going to be like it or not she's going to be one of the um, bigger stars of the second generation of avengers or just marvel heroes period since they got the x-men and fantastic four are going to be on the way too so um this um, they've had a lot, a lot riding on this character, so I'm pretty confident that it won't be you know bad. <laughs> it, Marvel does have a standard that they're uh, holding pretty well, if I say so myself. But uh, yeah, I'm curious. And they've they've got a lot of people to convince. I say that, but I am curious. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that curiosity. It, getting hype is because everybody knows that what happened at the end of Infinity War, so it's going to get tied into that movie somehow. Right. Like I think everybody, it's getting the you know to use a wrestling term, getting the rub from Infinity War. Mm. But you know, it's I, I I hate movies that are set in period pieces. It's always a, a uh, for me, you know, like oh, it's set in the '90s and she's walking around with a you know Pearl Jam T-shirt or whatever. I'm just like golly, and, you know, that I get it. I know why you do. Mm-hmm. It was who? Nine Inch Nails? Thank you. Yeah. yeah, I got him confused. So I just, I don't, yeah, I, I don't know. It, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, they have a track record. You know, it could be perfectly fine and awesome. It, it could be Thor too. You know, who knows? And we'll, we'll find out. But that's in March, so okay. Yeah, but I'm not any more hyped than I was prior to did seeing you, that show. Did you just like, disparage Thor too? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. Ugh. I did. I know you love it as a comic book movie, as pure and pure comic book movie as possible. I get it, but <laughs> yeah, um, no. All right, all right. Let's get into these damn books. Hey, that's day one. That's day one. Uh, if we are the Marvel hacks, uh, we do review one DC book, typically one DC book every show and uh, and podcast. Um, this week's books, you're gonna see a lot of. Uh, we're gonna review a lot of number ones. Um, for books, and some of them are, have gone past issue one already and into other ones, but, you know, we took a fairly long hiatus, so we're just catching up. Uh, so we got a couple of number ones here tonight. Uh, that first number one is Young Justice number one. Now, I had to do some research here before we get started in the book that DC announced back sometime in October that they're starting this new teenage line called Wonder. I don't know if that's tied, like maybe like the idea of the the movie Wonder or the book Wonder that just came out or whatever. Not that there's going to be like you know a special needs hero or anything like that, but more so that I think they're just trying to gear a line of books towards like teenagers. Like that was their goal. And uh, since they signed Bendis to this um, 
exclusive contract at DC, he is like, the, this is his brainchild. So they're like, hey, motherfucker, you made Miles Morales popular. We're going to give you some other motherfuckers to make Teenage popular because you did that, you know. And <laughs> so now they're giving him this book of Young Justice and some of these other, like, heroes that you've never heard of before. And a whole set of books are here that are supposed to come out in um, 2019. I have one issue with that. Books are still $3 and $4. Um, I have a teenager that's in my house. He ain't got it, man. <laughs> that's basically what I need to say. He ain't got it. So I don't know what teenagers are coming to go read like these teenage books. And then we'll get into this book a little bit in a second. But yeah, it's Young Justice. Um, it's a it's a different team, and you know it's kind of like the synergy that works between comic books and TV or whatever. The Young Justice TV show premieres on the DC network there, but it doesn't really have many of the same members. You know, there's no Aqualad here. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert: Superboy does appear in this one in the end on a final panel. Uh, there's not a whole you know it's Impulse instead of Kid Flash. Like so, there's there's not that like hey you know if you pick up the book if you like the TV show then you go pick up the book. It's not much of that, but uh, yeah, so this is by, uh, what is it, uh, Bendis and Patrick Gleason is on pencils. It's called The Seven Crises. And basically a group of people on a distant planet are coming to Earth uh, because Earth, every time they have a crisis, and they've had seven of them in the past, every time they have a crisis, it messes up their world. So this group of people are called the Gym World, uh, G-E-M World. Uh, people uh, come to Earth, come to Metropolis looking for Superman to defeat their champion to do whatever they're going to do. And then they encounter the people from Young Justice. Uh, first up that they encounter is Jenny, Jenny Hex. Um, and she's driving to the Metropolis from Texas. And, you know, she's just a country girl. Reminds me a lot of Jesse. Yeah. Reminds me a lot of Jesse from Toy Story. Uh, she's got a gun and it, like she's got this yeah this old ass gun. I'm like, who are you beefing with? Fucking Parliament, King George the Second. I mean, fuck, you gonna beat some freaking aliens with a fucking uh, rifle that you gotta put it, you know, load every couple of seconds. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a gym world. People come and it's an attack and it's basically just an introductory page to all the different heroes. So first up, Jenny Hex. Next up is Tim Drake, uh, Robin. Um. Yeah. Who else was next? Uh, oh, Wonder, Wonder, Girl Wonder Girl comes up. Not Donna Troy. Yeah, Wonder yeah. Girl. I already know who this chick is. Yeah. Really. I know she's been out. For yeah, a while. I don't know who she is. I yet. don't know her. Yeah. Yes, that's what. Yeah, she's been out. She's been trying to not use her powers. Impulse uh, makes an appearance, and then not not Green Lantern. It's Teen, Teen. Lantern. Awful. E E N Lantern. Awful. Awful. Yep. Awful. And um. I think, and at the end, yes, and then uh, Superboy, when they fight the gym world, there's like a big flash as they're chasing them away or something like that, because of course they're going to defeat them, and as they're pushing them into the light, so to speak, they um, they follow them through, and each of them kind of goes into a different portal or whatever, and uh, Robin winds up in a different spot, and then Impulse winds up in a different spot, and he winds up finding Superboy, you know, cut in credits. I mean, that was basically it. Like, I get it as a, as a version of you trying to, and we're going to do another book here that's kind of just similar to this here in a second. Like, I kind of get the audience that you're trying to get to, but also, like, it also has, like, a couple of, you know, bad language words in it. Not that I care about language and anything like that. But also, it's that dialogue, too. And again, somebody who works in a school with a, nothing but teenagers, 
um, they don't talk like this. Like, it just don't. Like, this is an old man writing dialogue of what they think teenagers talk like. And that's not how they talk. I mean, take out all the bad language, take out, like, everything else that they do use. That's just not how they sound. So it just comes off as an old man writing teenage dialogue. And, you know, I, it is what it is. My kids would probably enjoy it more than I did. You know, will I read issue two? Probably. I'll, you know, probably run out the first story arc just to kind of see what happens. But overall, it was just, you know, it was just a book. I didn't really, you know, I didn't really hate it. I didn't enjoy it all that much either. Sam, man, you read that one too. Yeah, yeah. The the one thing this has in common with every other, like, group coming together, especially it seemed like teen, teenage uh, superpower groups like New Teen Titans, um, what was the one I was thinking before? The Marvel one. Uh, Champions. Yeah, Champions. Not That's not even the Champions. one. Uh, Champions is one of them. Uh, what Night Thrasher and then what, what group was that? Um, is that the, that one? That's the New Champions. Warriors. New Warriors. New it's Warriors. All, yeah, Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always the same thing. There, there's a, a catastrophe that brings them together, and at the end they form a group. Generally, I mean, that's that's happened on a bunch of. I mean, even say the Avengers kind of did the same thing, you know. Um, so I was thinking the exact same thing when I was reading this. It's like, yeah, it's pretty standard, you know. Catastrophe. Uh, teens are gathered in. Uh, the city or wherever, the, whatever the venue is, and um, uh, battling whatever insane uh, uh, menace, and they kind of form a team at the end. So I mean, I thought it was very standard. This is just the DC version of it. Yeah. Um, it was fine, but that was yeah. about it. Yeah, I, the only thing that they didn't do was take an establishment. And again, my DC knowledge is as uh, low as a thimble. I, I had never heard of the Gym World before. That's, so I'm gonna assume that they're kind of. Like, that's an old book. That's I, I remember this from the '80s. This uh, Amethyst is okay. the the uh, chick that's in the end. Spoiler alert. Uh, she's like mm-hmm. the princess of that yeah. world or whatever. Uh, what's it? Like Opal is like the enemy, and uh, Opal, that's been around a long yeah. time. They rebooted it like at least three times, and they're just bringing it into okay. this uh, for them to fight. I guess so, uh, I never read it, but I do remember seeing it. Uh, mm. So. Yeah, Amethyst is like the title. Uh, you know, and yeah. it would seem to me, and again, maybe I'm just that dude, that with that cartoon starting back on the network or whatever, that it would have been good to, you know, really kind of tie that team into a book instead of making another, which was I'm sure what they're going to do, or if they haven't already done, make a book that's based on the cartoon. Like, instead of making two books, why don't you just make them, you know, kind of similar, you know, have right. pretty much the same team there, you know, kind of even almost do a similar animation style, like whatever, because that seems like it would make more sense. You know, yeah. again, I, I don't understand uh, why. I, I don't know. Like I said, I didn't I hate those, it. It's probably the comics came out after some of those Young Justice S stories had already been told, if unless I'm wrong, and mm-hmm. that it initially came out a long time ago. So they ain't exactly Young Justice anymore. I think is one of the problems. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it, again, everybody's drawn really, you know how they do, like, well, they're young, so we draw them, like, really little, uh, <laughs> right. you know, so they're, like, like diminutive, like, looking characters as opposed to, you know, hulking, no pun intended, looking characters. It's just, I, I don't know. It, it was all right. I, I, I guess I'm not, I didn't hate it. I'll finish it out as an arc or whatever. Um, I, I, I do have my issues with Bendis or whatever, and... You know, I kind of, they have this other book coming out, like, called Naomi. It's about this black girl that's a hero or whatever. And um, it's written by Bendis, 
I was like, oh, so we're trying to get Riri Williams again. And it's also written by David Walker, who's one of my favorite writers or whatever. I was like, but how are y'all writing a teenage book about a black girl and there's not a black woman on this book? Mm-hmm. See, it just right. it just comes off kind of weird. And I just, uh, ah, all right, that's it. I'm done <laughs> bitching about DC. Yeah, that's your one DC. Uh, but, I, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, Sammy. Thumbs in the middle. It's fine. Um, it's not bad. It's not great. It's just it's fine. I would agree. Okay. All right. That's your one, DC folks. All right. Let's jump into these Marvel books, and I'm kind of pairing these two books together, and I'm the only one that read this, so yay me. <laughs> uh, Champions number one. Yeah, the Champions got rebooted itself uh, earlier. Mark Wade started the book a couple of years ago, and talk about an old man writing teenage dialogue. Um, I think we reviewed that book back in the day, too. And then the book got rebooted probably about uh, maybe six months ago with Jim Zub writing the book. And they had their story arc. And then for whatever reason, they're rebooting it again with a new number one. So this is Champions number one, Jim Zub, uh, Skyler Cummings uh, as on the pencils or whatever. And basically, there are more champions than there is sand on the beach. Um, I mean, there are a shit ton of champions, man. Like, I I read the reboot with Zub got on the book, and so they picked up some new heroes. And I can't even, like, try to tell you the names because I I just can't because there'd be no way. And I I didn't have enough ink in my pen to go through this. But there's, like, three missions going on in this book, like three separate places, three separate groups of, uh, like, battling teams. So there's one group of heroes that are, like, kind of, like, like kind of original heroes that they kind of created. There's this one when they fought. Of course, they fought Alpha Flight and beat them because everybody beats Alpha Flight. They're the wrecking crew of fucking Canada. And um, so they got this one girl that kind of has like uh, uh, snowbirds powers that can shift shift uh, shift change or whatever. Yeah. Uh, shape shift and some other heroes. There's another Falcon, but it's like a dude and he's in a green suit, not a red suit. We got to put a fucking um, milk carton out for the real Falcon, by the way. Sam Wilson is nowhere to be found. Um, so yeah, we didn't see that, that coming. Yeah. Then you have, yeah. Then you have a whole group of champions that are Plessy versus Ferguson heroes. There's like a Power Man in there. Mm-hmm. Um, like Riri Williams is in this group. You know, all the Plessy versus Ferguson heroes. And then there are the original champions, like with Viv, uh, Nova, Miles Morales, and Miss Marvel. And Miss Marvel is the captain. She's like coordinating all of these teams and events, and she's narrating the book as well. And it's basically them, some big, um, like there's a, uh, a monster underground. His name, I, I'm not lying to y'all, by the way. His name is Zax. Z Z Z A X. Zax. That's a Hulk villain. The Hulk villain, it? yeah. Is it? Electrical. Oh, uh, I never heard of Zax. Yeah. Well, here, here's how important Zax is to uh, champions number one. They're like, all right, we're going to go down and defeat him. Next panel. Woo! That was rough. <laughs> but we defeated him. <laughs> Yo, so, God. That ought to tell you how much they love Zax. Because uh, Zax didn't make it. Uh, and then, when, uh, here we go. And there's here's the love moment of the book. Uh, when they go, like, to go fighting, like, uh, Zax, um, uh, they jump out of the plane. It's like, Champions Charge! I saw it. Yeah, I glanced through the book mm-hmm. and I saw that and I just rolled my eyes and kept going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Champions Charge. Woo! 
Uh, well, before though, remember it was hashtag champions or champions whatever when when they they did the book originally. So I'm like, it, that's not any better. But wow, yeah. So they defeat Zach's, and then they go back to their floating headquarters, and they have a team celebration. Nova lost his powers in some Infinity War like crossover book. I hadn't, I didn't read that, so he's without his powers. Uh, Miles is all upset about something. Uh, they get on the ship, and you know, uh, Miss Marvel gives a like she's giving a Morpheus speech about you know how we're so awesome. And by the way, there's some a, a reserve champions that aren't even in the book. There are more. So it's like 18 champions, and then there's like a list of like six other champions Jeez. that aren't even in the book, like Honey Badger and somebody. I was like, how the what? How are this? Why are there so many champions? <laughs> so, yeah, don't jump. Um, Man, it's insane. And then there was something that happened in the previous book where Viv kissed Riri, uh, and uh, Riri wasn't down with that, and Viv was trying to apologize to her, and she was like, you know, you kissed me without asking for permission. She was like, oh, well, can you know, I'm sorry, can I kiss you now? She's like, no, I don't want to kiss a robot, but hell. <laughs> and um, I wish I was lying. <laughs> and uh, whatever. And so Miles goes to his room. He's all upset. Miss Marvel goes to check on him. He's just like, get out of here. She's like, are you upset that I'm the leader of the team? He's like, just get out of my room. And then he leaves and he's all upset and they're stewing. And then there's a fire in the background. And then Mephisto pops out at the end. And he's like, you know, something to the effect of, you know, I'm, you know, your anger is making you stronger, essentially. Like, whatever, nigga. And um, that was pretty much it. That's champions number one. Um, I did not enjoy this, like, at all. Um, just not my cup of tea. Yeah, yeah it's just not my cup of tea. You got way too many folks, man. Just make a good group of champions. Like, if this was just Miss Marvel, Spider-Man, Nova with no powers. I didn't even talk about, like, the the fucking the, the fake Hulk dude. Hulkling, or not even Hulkling. He's got a yeah, different he's name. He's got a different name. Um, yeah. Brute, something like yeah, that. Uh, Yes, yeah, by Fabergé. Um, <laughs> it's just a whole bunch of freaking, just a whole, it's just way too many. Like, you just need, like, six or seven people, not 18. And, like, all these other heroes, yeah, it was a little bit much. And, you know, maybe that the plan is to narrow it down and maybe they'll fight each other or, you know, uh, battle of the champions to kill off some of these other ones. I don't really know. But yeah, it was a little too much for me, uh, and nobody else read this, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna full thumbs down on this one. Uh, so yeah, uh, no no to the champions, at least as it's currently constituted. And it was actually pretty decent once Wade got off and Zub took over. Like I actually enjoyed like the it's probably four or five issue run that he had before the reboot. Uh, but like overall, it was just not um, it was not sexy. Yeah. All right, that's hmm. it. Uh, so yeah, thumbs down on the champions. All right, oh, I'm done talking. All right, let's get into the next book. I think is up is the Avengers. We got the Avengers up. Brother Beavis is going to take this now. This is Avengers 10, but it's actually the 700th issue of the Avengers. Yes, I saw uh, that we too. Reviewed. Yeah, we reviewed the first however many issues when they rebooted that this Avengers team. Uh, and then they started out, was it the Celestials was the first story out yeah, the box? And we yeah. were just like, nope, uh, too much, man. <laughs> nope, not at, not the first issue fighting the Celestials and, the, you know, the 1 million BC Avengers. It was just like, yeah, this ain't it. And that ran for a long time. So this is kind of like the, the restart of this book at issue 700 uh, or issue 10. And Brother Beavis has got the pickup. I got notes, but go ahead. 
All right, so uh, yeah, issue 700, and uh, opens up. I had my my reader in two-page view, so on the first page, big-ass picture of Ursa Major, the superhero yeah. Russian bear. So I was in from the second I got <laughs> uh, I'm all about a story about a superhero Russian bear drinking vodka. And so the yes, first man. few pages, they're recruiting the Winter Guard, the Russian Avengers. Mm-hmm. Dark Star is alive, apparently, because she had been it's killed at one point. Uh, hmm. uh, Crimson Dynamo, uh, Vanguard. So I was, I'm, I'm pretty excited so far. And this is the, the plot is, who, you know, who has the right, uh, oh, the right, the battle for the right to be called Earth's Mightiest Heroes. So uh, I think the setup from previous is that. The Avengers are now uh, under the they operate under the auspices of the Wakandan government, and so you have this 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 theme of like the United States doesn't really claim a team. So what does that mean? So mm-hmm. after the Winter Guard, we get the next uh, the next group, which you have to wonder if Namor is in this book because there's an Aquaman movie out right now. Uh, but you have <laughs> Namor's Defenders of the Deep. Could be. So, first thing I have to ask is, as a, is we have a huge fan of X-Men Red on the line here. Isn't Namor, like, <laughs> good in the X-Men? Yeah, uh, he was. I checked, yeah. Yes, he was. Did, did that yes, fall he apart? Was. Yes, he did, as well as that book that has also had been canceled as well. And uh, one of our major complaints from the last time we did this podcast is, what's continuity? Like, yeah, right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, think about <laughs> Yeah, shit. Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt Ross is all up in this book, and then we've been reading Captain America for yeah. months. Right. And uh, yeah, whatever. It is what it is. Go, yeah, continue. <laughs> so uh, I found I found Namor's team to be much less recognizable than the Winter Guard. Uh, yeah. I think some of these people may have been made up for this book. Uh, the one that <laughs> I was got that feeling. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the one that, that kind of stood out was Tiger Shark, who had like a really interesting arc in the uh, the Jay Lee era of the Namor uh, solo book that John Byrne started and left. So he's kind of useless in this, which is you know it's just another case of there there are characters here, but when they show up and just get kind of clowned, it's kind of a waste. So <laughs> Namor's back in. You can't be in the water. And then there's an ape. Can somebody help me with the ape part of the story? Because I don't know who that is. I have no yeah, idea. I wasn't the North Pole. Yeah, I wasn't hundred percent sure who that was either. But he's essentially, you know, Jarvis, but a monkey, because okay. uh, he's running. Yeah, because they live in Avengers Mountain now, not yeah. uh, mansion. They, they broke okay. out of a mountain. At the and, North Pole. Um, yeah, so it looks like yeah, it imagined me to him. He is somebody that he's the man and he's the monkey in the chair. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So the call has gone out now, and they start to assemble the team. Which, uh, if in case you forgot, is uh, let me switch back to the cover because I forgot. Uh, Hulk, which is Jennifer Walters, Captain America, Thor with a golden hand, Black Panther, uh, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, and Ghost Rider. And apparently Tony Stark is not on the team or didn't join or whatever and the new plot is hulk and thor hooking up so i'm sure that will uh that will be a great arc to follow and i'm sure that's going to be a lasting wonderful relationship yeah look forward to reading about it yeah so then we have the showdown you know there's some cap and namor posturing there's a misunderstanding because uh two of the defenders of the sea the piranhas are basically savage creatures that start 
mauling civilians, which starts the Crispus Attucks attack. Uh, yes. And then there's several, several pages of fighting between a three three way dance with the defenders of the sea, the Avengers, and the Winter Guard. <laughs> it's so the one thing that that did hit me throughout this is, in a way, we've gotten what we've been asking for for a long time because no of of the of the fifty characters in this. Nobody's currently trying to unravel the multiverse or move <laughs> yeah. the planet into the center of the sun there you go. or anything oh, like God. that. So it yeah. actually, as overblown as it is, is really just a story about superheroes and villains. And, and uh, you know, it, from that regard, I liked it. Uh, right. the, the, the thread running through it is this Red Widow and what she is, and she's in more control than anybody else. And then Thunderbolt Ross, who... I. I was trying to remember where how he ended up in Captain America. Was he, he had got fooled or whatever? But anyway, he wants his own superhero team now that he doesn't have the Avengers, and so he gets the knockoff Justice League, the Squadron Supreme of America, Rogers. recruited yes. by Agent Coulson. So yes, there you go. Synergy, yeah, synergy, yeah. yeah I, I mean, again, the first issues of that book on the relaunch were just way too overblown and you know it was just too much in a sense i do understand what you're saying you get a much smaller story here but you also have nine gazillion characters in it as well and many of them that you don't give a crap about and you know it seems to me that you could have told that story possibly over a couple of issues without introducing everybody in their mother into the same issue like i i just it just seemed overblown, like, after a while, you know, it was the fucking yeah. Royal Rumble, you know. Because the like, Hydra oh base God, became a call the Avengers emergency in the span of one splash page. So Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it just, it was a lot to take, you know. But, it, I, you know, I, I, I like the... I like the book. I like the I like the idea that it's a smaller story in a sense. You know, again, much smaller than Celestial, so to speak. But... Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's it's more focused at least than those earlier books because those earlier ones were all over the place and yeah. um, trying to Insane. I don't know what they were trying to destroy the world in eight mm-hmm. issues and it's just like man, what in the world is going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I hear you. Now, did we talked about this before we started recording? There's a backstory on there because it's again issue 700, right. so they got to give us extra pages even though it didn't really matter, and so that's tied back into the one million BC. Uh, Odin's coming back and talking to uh, the Ghost Rider, Rider, which is uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, talking about Starbrand and all those people that they introduced in the first couple of issues of this relaunch, and essentially it was just a way to deal us into this other end story that Blade is going to possibly be an Avenger. I mean, that's basically what we're at. That doesn't do anything for me. That movie was on today, by the way, on Sci-Fi when I came home from work. Uh, Blade was on. Still an awesome movie, even with the edits and cuts. Um, but you know, does Blade being an Avenger do anything for you, or this just like you know, it's a it's a cheap pop wrestling term? Is it a? Di- it's got to be a different Avengers team because the Wasp isn't on a team right now, right? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Not that wasp. Then, not, not Jenna Van Dyne there's wasp. A splash yeah. page with with Moon Knight and Wolverine and a Mjolnir wielding uh, yeah. man thing and yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah, just so much, that. man. Yeah, yeah I just, just so I feel like they're like, well, we we have to have this big anniversary. We got to fill it with a bunch of garbage. 
And yeah. uh, I guess the one thing I'll say is, as much as I don't care about the thousand year BC story or whatever it's called, I mean, at least they're sticking to it and they're, yeah, they're they trying have. to do they're something. Bringing it back in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they have. Uh, speaking of bloat, over bloated issues or whatever, uh, our season four book essentially was the Fantastic Four when it relaunched or whatever. I just read, uh, uh, they, you know, Thing does get married. It was not a dusty finish, um, wrestling term. And, um, they did actually get married, but the book is bloated as hell because it was eight damn dollars. And they were like, oh, yeah, well, remember this one story? And, um, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Oh God! Just get to the part about the dirt, man. I'm like, just get to the I do's. Uh, but anyway, yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, I, I was fine with it. Like I said, I, I much prefer this than the Celestials. So I'm a, I'm a thumbs up there. Same man. What'd you think of that one? You got a chance to read it too? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like you said. It was like a big WWE uh, um, Royal Rumble match. Just everybody just throwing in. I'm like, all right, roll twelve. You know, what you fucking. Uh, just, just everybody just out to beat the shit out of each other. It seemed like, and um, the plot wasn't too crazy. It's just, and oh, by the way, uh, Submariner, aren't? They, do you get the feeling that they're trying to make him to the new Magneto or something like that? You know, always, always the anti-villain, always mad, uh, fucking shit up. Yeah. And uh, they keep going back and forth with him, where he's he was an X-Man for a, like a hot minute, like you were saying, and then now he's back to being yeah. this righteous. Crazy some bitch for um, campaigning for the seas, which has always been his shtick. Um, that's not new, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're trying to do with him. They're just trying to make him an antagonist more than uh, or whatever. I don't know. But he's well, a Sunday up? night superstar who occasionally wears the TV title. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Good. Yeah, and with 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 you know again jumping with our X Men stuff here in a week or two with Cyclops coming back and apparently they've married to the idea of not turning him into an asshole and a killer again. You, um, you know, who, yeah, who is the, you know, who is the hated X-Man, like, person, you know? Maybe it could be Namor, I doubt it. But, it, you know, uh, probably, really I don't know if they're going to go back to Magneto. Yeah. Yeah, Magneto is a, uh, Magneto's a, a... Well, he's been with, he's been with the X-Men X- for so X- long now. X- yeah. He's, yeah, he's not even yeah. really been up But villain. Magneto's an X... Yeah, yeah, but he's one of you know one of X Man Nate Gray's like minions or whatever. It's just it's a mess. Crazy. We're gonna we'll, yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll talk X Man a, a couple of weeks, but yeah. yeah. But all right, so thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Uh, Sandman. Um, about I'll give I'll give it a I'll give it a like yeah I'll give it a light thumbs up. It's yeah you know, like you said issue seven hundred, so there's a ton of damn pages. Uh, it really didn't need to be yeah. that long. I know that's the shtick, but whatever. It was it was yeah. fine. It was pretty good. Yeah that. That's on brand for comics. It's, oh, it's an anniversary issue. We need to gouge you for money, and we're going to give you some favors <laughs> that don't absolutely mean anything. But, right. you know, whatever. It's our time to get you. <laughs> All right. So that's that. All right. Let's jump into and kind of sort of stay with an Avengers, sort of, because we jump into Winter Soldier number one. Uh, Kyle Higgins and Rod uh, Reyes, I guess, is on the art and pencils there. I picked this book because I guess they're going to have, uh, not not necessarily this this particular book. I guess they're going to do like an uh, an invaders like miniseries here coming up soon with Cap, Namor, and Logan or Wolverine or whatever. Oh, yeah. And so, and fooling around looking at that, I came across this book and I was like, oh, well, we'll probably wind up reviewing that invaders book because 
you know, that sounds like it might could be some fun. But um, it was like, oh, okay, wow, Winter Soldier's got a book. All right, whatever. <laughs> and it's basically the Bucky Redemption tour. Um, you know, he's, you know, now that his life, he's got a, a history that's kind of attached to the MCU at this point, you know, or I don't do that no more. And he's trying to help other people that are putting themselves in really bad situation. Uh, there's a dirty cop looking to start over. There's a drug deal that goes wrong. He's, you know, helps this guy. He's going to escape uh, and change his life or whatever. And, um, you know, things go left. Uh, the, the cops are all bad. One of the cops looks like they have superpowers as well. He gets his arm all busted up by fighting these people off. And then he heads off to, I guess, Wisconsin because uh, that's where Indiana. he has his home base. That's yeah. where he grew. Yeah. In- Indiana. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Indiana. Hey, I thought he was from Brooklyn. And um, <laughs> so, uh, and Tony and Tony Stark comes out there to help fix his arm. And then I guess um, Sharon Carter is his girl Friday, and that she's helping him with this redemption tour. You know, kind of before we get into the final, final or other parts of the book, what do y'all think of this idea of you know Bucky the Redeemer? Uh, it's a um. It's a it's a decent angle. I think they can try it for a while and see if see where it goes. He's trying to um, help people uh, that's been victimized by Hydra and stuff. So I mean that fits. That's his background, and you know he's got to face his own personal demons with Hydra, obviously with that. And they kind of touch on that a little bit in the book, and uh, that part I find interest interesting and stuff. You know, so um, yeah, he's the tortured um, former hero now, kind of anti-villain. Now he's trying to. Well, Walk the path of good again, uh, and so I mean, there's there are decent things about it that um, I think it could I think it could be good. Uh, I thought this was so so, but eh, I would read it the next one to see what happens. Yeah, I just thought it was him. you know it was at least a story. I mean, they set a premise, yeah. and then the story follows the premise, and so that as basic as that sound, these things don't always happen. So. It has a little bit of the feel of that those middling stories with Cap where he was roaming the country um, before they got an arc and then basically just flushed that whole thing and dumped it back into the main Marvel Universe. But it has a little bit of that feel. Um, the art was fine, um, I mean, for what it was for the book. And then, uh, yeah, I thought it was all right. It was okay. Yeah, I, I put in my notes here about him growing up in Indiana, I said Wisconsin, that was uh, well, the story that comes out of that, but um, like he's just, you know, he just could blend into obscurity in the Midwest and, you know, all three of us being Midwestern people is like, yeah, I can see how that could happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see how that could totally happen. Fairly yeah, easily, yeah, yeah. No, that's just Bucky, man. <laughs> yeah, that's just Bucky. Don't mess with him. Don't go past his house and stand on his lawn or anything like that, but he's cool. He'll come catch your grass or whatever, you know, do all this shit, but, you know, just don't talk to him. Um, totally could happen. So uh, he goes out to, I think it is Wisconsin, to go check on uh, somebody, Terry, who had worked for Hydra, and uh, he's. I'm you know, assuming this is the guy that got relocated in the beginning, right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, he lasted and, like one day yeah. in witness protection. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're going to talk about that. It's got to get a bad Yelp review. Um, that uh, he takes him out there and he's, you know, kind of going over his life. And it kind of reminds me of that, you know, like that line from Goodfellas with Henry Hill or whatever. Like, I'm living like a schmuck here, you know, like a freaking, <laughs> all this ridiculousness. I don't like, I hate living here. Like all this crap that's going on, I don't like it. And, um, you know, he 
he messes up and, you know, Bucky had told him to don't take any electronics. And when he was leaving, you know, he had just met a girl and he thought things were really good and he'd been in communication with her and that didn't work out. And so whoever had been looking for him, they come and then, you know, uh, shoot him all to be damned. And then they get the drop on Bucky as well. And, you know, spoiler alert, the, the, the shooter, the killer is a new Bucky, essentially. Some other dude calling himself Bucky. Yeah. Uh, I mean... We talked about it before we recorded, Brother Beavis, to kind of give your, I think it kind of sums it up for all of us about bringing a Bucky character back. Yeah, I think they're as much work as they've tried to do to distance uh, James Buchanan Barnes from his uh, questionably moral days of ye old comic lore when uh, teenage boys ran around with adult male superheroes. Yeah. Uh, they undo it. Hmm. Yeah, they undo yeah. it immediately because they put, you know, they put basically his his persona like back in as the villain. And if that's supposed to be ironic and go somewhere, that's okay. But it seems to me like eh, I don't know. As we've said a billion times, the the uh, villain makes these stories, and if if Bucky, you know, Bucky two is the uh, the villain, then. Eh. But this yeah. is a five-issue limited series, so it seems like the story yeah. is going to be these two. Yeah. Uh, you cannot you cannot make a reference to a two or a sequel and not call it Electric Boogaloo. By the way, fuck <laughs> 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 Yeah, you can't you can't do that. Uh, and it's been a long time. I understand, but follow the rules. Um, yeah, I I mean five issues is perfectly fine for this. Set it in a much smaller world, and I'm perfectly okay with this type of story. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. We don't need a buck, a buck, uh, a Winter Soldier monthly uh, series. You know, he can make his spot checks in Captain America's book like this. You know, in a year from now, if you want to do another five issue or six issue limited series, go right ahead. But you don't need a monthly for. Uh, Winter Soldier. It's just not necessary. Mm-hmm. And I think, in a sense, they kind of painted themselves into a character, into a corner with this character as well. Not MCU version, but the comic book version is like, you know, he's really a man out of time in terms of the things that he did and where, he, you know, where he came from. You know, that world kind of doesn't exist anymore, especially if you're playing him as a cool heel. You know, because who are his villains? Right. You know, or, or is he just Cap's whipping boy? You know what I mean? Like he's just like, oh, okay, Cap needs a hot tag. Let me tap, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll support Cap and his missions or whatever. But other than that, he doesn't really have a story for himself. And I said this before we started, or while doing Champions, see um, Sam Wilson Falcon. He has no life. He has no story outside of this. He's gone and to not be seen or found at any point in time at this, you know, right now. And, you know, I think that obviously that hurts that character. And it'll probably, you know, I. I could see a heel turn for Winter Soldier, wrestling turn. I could see a heel turn at some point in time as him going back at Cap because that might be the only way to keep the character interesting. Mm. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, we're good. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, Brother Beavis? I'd say middle. Middle. Sandman? Yeah, fairly middle. It was, it was, it was um, fairly generic for the most part. It was okay. Kind of generic. Yeah, yeah, I'd be in the middle as well. I didn't. Y'all said you liked the art. I, th- I think the art got weird in certain parts. It, it looked like it was like unfinished. <laughs> it was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, it was yeah, fine. It looked clean yeah. in certain parts, and then other parts it looked weird. Yeah. I mean, I, it, this idea of like the, uh, the books are, and I think we've seen a couple of them over the last few uh, episodes or whatever about these ideas like the books are almost painted instead of drawn. Right. I mean, or they have that kind of paint feel to them. And I don't necessarily hate it, but I think, you know, it's probably, I don't know, maybe sometimes don't do it. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it's. Sometimes I'm like perfectly fine with it, and other times it's just like, ah, you know, just looking for like clean pencils. But, no. The last book of the evening is Killmonger Number One by Brian Hill and Juan Ferreira. Um, I picked this book when it first came out. I think I remember sending something out to y'all. I was like, they're doing a Killmonger book. I was like, ah, okay, like kind of whatever. And the book is already three issues in. I think the third one actually came out uh, yesterday for new, uh, new comic book day. I was like, well, let's go back and read issue one. And so I went back and read issue one. They're using kind of the template for Eric Killmonger as the template from um, from the Black Panther movie, mm-hmm. the synergy, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense, yeah. And so that makes sense. And then they're just doing like kind of this back history of him to kind of put him, you know, to place him whatever in modern times. And so... You know, they talk. They start out in Wakanda. None of the history stuff from the movie is in here. You know, he starts out in Wakanda. His father gets killed by Claw, and Claw takes him under his wing, and you know, and kind of turns him into like this little bit of a killer. And even though he hates that, he tries to go back and kill Claw. And basically, his whole life is an obsession trying to find and kill Claw. Like that's basically it. And so he's schooled in the states. At, so I think at MIT. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I said this to y'all. I tweeted it as well. He, he's he's a student at MIT. He's great. He's meeting with his counselor. She's like, you know, I got all kinds of jobs lined up for you. Um, you could go into the private sector. You could do, you know, humanitarian work or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, nah, you know, I'm good. My brain is this or my brain is that or whatever. And she's like, well, you know, you got to do something. I, you know, I want to help you or whatever. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You can help me. And then we cut to this scene <laughs> where he has sex, <laughs> he has sex with his counselor, and you know there's a scene like she and she's a white lady by the way. Let's throw that out there on the table. And um, she's in the bed like wrapped up in the covers or whatever, and he smashes, and then he gets up to leave, and he's like, she's like, you know, hey, he calls her a colonizer, you know, which is a throwback to the movie or whatever. <laughs> And then she's like, well, you know, Eric, I hope you find everything that you're looking for and the peace or whatever. And then whatever. And he's like, yeah, deuces, bitch. And and then she's like, fuck, is a colonizer. Which yeah. I just like, <laughs> the thing. And I was just like, come on. I, my Twitter post was like, okay, so he slept with his white counselor, what his white counselor, called her a colonizer, deuce, and deuced her. I'm like, am I mad at this? Am I mad? I don't know. Am I mad? It's it seemed it seemed kind of ironic in that sense. It was a cheap pop to call her a colonizer after that. Like I, I get why he did it because they threw it back to the movie. But I also thought that it was just kind of it's funny. Yes, don't get me wrong. Uh, but maybe took a, a little bit of the tone. Actually, com- completely different from the tone from the rest of the book because the rest of the book is like a you know kind of a daredevil type book. He meets up with this. He's trying to kill Claw. He meets up with this group of people that are hired by Kingpin, and Kingpin Claw is working for Kingpin, and they're like, "What are they? The, the um, queen? The, not the Queen of Hearts? The King Rook and the Knight? 
the chess. Yeah, I, I call yeah. them the, the chess crew, but yeah, I don't think yeah. that's the actual name of them. When, when, no, but when they she all said night, I thought it was a misty night at first, but I was like, oh, then I realized it wasn't her. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. There's a knight and a rook, and they're all working for Kingpin. Kingpin wants him dead after messing up his money with Claw, mm-hmm. and but they take him under his their wing and you know kind of train him, and he's like there. Uh, you know, one of their trained killer assassins for their crew trying to make money and whatnot. And that's basically the book. Um, you know, she does. nobody knows he's from Wakanda yet. Uh, I would imagine this is probably a five to six issue limited series as well. Uh, the art in the book is actually pretty good. You know, I mean, it's a kind of a violent book in certain parts of it as well. Uh, you know, overall, and again, I'm a couple issues behind. Overall, it probably is the book I enjoyed the most tonight, not because of the colonizer line, but <laughs> overall, I, I thought it was a fairly entertaining book um, that you could run with. And, and again, I understand that in the movie, he was this person hell bent on revenge or whatnot, and that worked for the movie. In the comic books, he is an unpowered person, and. Um, T'Challa wouldn't break a sweat, you know, breaking this kid off. And so having him be like some kind of, you know, street level kind of cool heel because you're not really sure what he is right now, it really works for the character. And again, you're fighting against Kingpin and Kingpin's goons and those types of things. Like that kind of stuff works for non-powered heroes. So overall, I thought the book was actually pretty fun. What did you think about that one, Sammy? Uh, I thought it was pretty decent. Um, yeah, there's some action going on and stuff, and you know, uh, yeah, they try to re-educate you, re-educate you about his background and stuff from the um, the movie. Um, like you said, he's just an angry black man, basically, out to try to yes, uh, fuck basically. shit up. And um, um, it, it was interesting. Yeah, the, the colonizer thing helped me hit me kind of strange too. I was like, wow. Yeah. Color colonizer and then bounce. Okay. <laughs> it was, yeah. That was, it was different. Just weird. Yeah, it was kind of strange, but uh, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was decent. It was decent. I'll give it a thumbs up. I liked it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Like I said, I thought it was fine enough. I'm interested in reading issues two and three. And like I said, like I said, you know, five issues at the most that this is going to get. Six. There definitely doesn't need to be a monthly Killmonger issue. Uh, or, or comic book or whatever, but as a general, like, like, oh, you know what? That was actually pretty decent. So, you know, good job on that one, Marvel. Thumbs up as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the books for this week and tonight. Really quick and just kind of like a two-minute answer from both of you. How do y'all feel about tying these books into these into the TV shows and comic books? Because it, the longtime comic book reader in me is like, fuck that shit, man. That's fucking bullshit. But the kind of person that, you know, has kids that are younger and trying to get into books and, you know, continuity can be a dirty word almost. It seems to me that if I left the movie theater and was like, oh, you know what? That Black Panther movie was shit. That was awesome. And you go to the comic book store and I picked up a book where maybe that the characters look sort of alike, but the stories were somewhat closely aligned. Maybe that make me want to go back and read books monthly. So, kind of, Brother Beavis, is it like total? Like, uh, and I'll, uh, I'll, and again, I will totally go on the line and say that like I'm completely like against like fucking Riverdale and fucking up Archie. So, like, I'm kind of completely say that or whatever. But just as a general rule, if you could take continuity out of it, is that something that maybe should happen? 
I think it's a cop-out to copy the style from the movies and the books. And I think a lot of times the style in the movies isn't suited for comics because it, you know it's designed for a certain medium. I think if it'd be one thing to sort of have the same sort of worlds, and it's not that I expect one story to start in one medium and play out in the other, but if you had sort of the same sorts of tone and world, I think that would be fine. But simply copying... Um, copying the look to the point where you're almost drawing actors and actresses' faces and then telling stories that really don't tie in any way into the, to the cinematic universe. I don't really, I don't, I'm not really in support of that. Right. Stay in mean. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, we kind of talked about this a little bit before. I think it's kind of, I understand why they're doing it. I mean, you know, the success with the MCU, they're obviously going to try to uh, capitalize on that and make some kind of synergy with their um, uh, the books and the uh, movies and I get it it does make it kind of strange because you have this dynamic where the movies are influencing the books now so now they're kind of changing and uh, to match the movies and that it's it can be good at times it can be okay and there can be really confusing you know especially if you're like a long time reader of the book or whatever and in all of a sudden stuff starts changing and you know to um, match something else that not necessarily was you know there before so it, it's kind of weird so I mean I don't I really don't know to be honest with you I'm kind of half and half on it sometimes it's okay and sometimes yeah, I, I think they they would leave well up enough well enough alone but I don't know yeah, yeah. Like I just like I just wonder if there's a happy medium in there somewhere, you know, or can you tell can you tell MCU continuity? Like you know, a lot of times they do that. Like especially with the Star Wars movies or whatever. Before the movie comes out, they'll start telling a story that happens like kind of in between before the movie comes out, mm-hmm. and then they'll you know they'll tell those stories that after the movie comes out that's not in the movie you know that's not in the next movie that's in between. And they tell those stories with the same characters, the same tone and background or whatever. It's like, is there a, like a happy medium? Like, all right, you just saw the end of uh, Infinity War, or Captain Marvel, whatever. And now you go to the story. I think it would be fine to tell stories sort of in the seams, but the stories themselves have to have, those stories in the comics have to have some sort of payoff and impact. Right. It can't just right. be the connective tissue when the real plot's playing out in a completely different form. <laughs> I think the Star Wars books, like they do, even worse because they like it's like literally Mark Hamill's face. Uh, yeah. In some cases, like traced or computer generated on the screen, and right. you know, right. for the comics, for it used to be that the costume or the symbol was the recognizable piece, and now it's sort of it's sort of shifted to where you have a lot more of these kind of uh, you know not four color comic book stories where you've got people that are in just street clothes or whatever and you kind of look at the face and like hmm, that looks a lot like you know whoever there oh look chris evans yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah. so and robert downey jr yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah all right yeah i have well yeah all right okay yeah i was just kind of thinking about that about how yeah and like i said i'm i'm in between a little bit too same man but uh you know i've I told y'all I don't hate I hate the fact that they're trying to make Archie into Riverdale, right? As opposed to head mating Riverdale into Archie. Yeah, it's like, weird. You know, they're kind yeah. of telling it like you know, letting the TV show, which is not the, based on the characters, drive the comic book. I don't think is a great idea. 
do I think the movie should drive the comic books? No, I don't. They, I think all the good stories that y'all are trying to tell are based in comic books. But I totally get the idea. Like, if you want the wonder line to flourish and continue, and you want younger readers to come in and do that, you cannot be like, hey, oh, you, oh, yeah, in wonder number one, they reference Crisis. All right, so I need you to go back to 1984 and read the original Crisis book. Hmm. That's like 11 issues of some straight up bullshit. <laughs> and uh, but you you'll have a better like it just doesn't work. Like it's just like as a modern comic fan or comic person, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Forget that. I'm just gonna watch this cartoon. It's gonna start. It's gonna end. And I'm gonna be good with it. And, and you know, I just think I, I, there has to be some sort of medium to allow the comic books to flourish. Um, Right. In continuation with these movies, because the visual medium is going to take over the comic book medium medium eventually, and the comic book stuff is just going to be dead. Like it just will. Like it, I, I, you know, I kind of feel that every time I go into a store anymore. Just, yeah, man, right. I think that's an here. argument. That's an argument not to tie them together because it it, it has to be something unique unto itself yeah. in order to not be upstaged by a movie that's a more dynamic representation of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I get. It. But you know. But being able, you know, what I think, using my kids as an example, being able to see the action as opposed to yeah. being able to read yeah. the action mm-hmm. is a completely different, like, yeah. beast. And, uh, yeah. you know, fuck these young kids. They, they're worse every year, man. They can't, their attention span is not going to be held in a 22-page comic book, you know, but you mm-hmm. set them in front of a TV with their phone or whatever for two hours, they'll be like, oh, this is great, you know, hashtag champions, you know, and... Right. Uh, yeah, it's just all right. All right, so that concludes the old man portion of the podcast. As we sit here and bitch and complain about fucking millennials. And another thing, Grumpy you whippersnappers. Another thing, you whippersnappers. Uh, so yeah, so that'll wrap up season five, episode one of the Marvel Hacks. You'll be able to find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Rate, review, subscribe. Uh, as I told the blackity black folks, we're going to try to stay on a steady schedule. Should not be taking these month long breaks. Uh, you know, it should be week to week, uh, to get through these seasons because this should be five or six, you know, episodes. Really, this should almost take us. Nah, not all the way. That won't be to, to Captain Marvel, but it should take us close to that, uh, as we get through, you know, probably five or six uh, weeks of, of season five and you know we'll take a little bit of break and probably come back right at Captain Marvel so uh, we'll see how it goes you know things happen in this place so <laughs> we'll see <laughs> but yeah so that that's it again rate review subscribe uh, again one of our more popular podcasts on the, all the podcasts that we do so we do appreciate everybody that uh, listens and whatnot all right so as the producer of this podcast, I'm signing off. We're still using the exit music for X-Men, the animated series. We love y'all, X-Men. Y'all books don't love us, but damn it. Um, <laughs> the cartoon is still we cool. Do, we do, we do, yeah, the, which the cartoon's still good, y'all, but y'all books don't love us, man, or vice versa. <laughs> it's, it's a love-hate relationship at this point. But we'll, we'll see y'all back here, uh, X-Men people, in a couple of weeks. Uh, so again, as the producer, I'm signing off. Go ahead and sign off, Sam, Sayonara, people. We will see you in the next episode. Sure. Uh, go ahead and sign off, Brother Beaver. All right. I will opt- optimistically say I'll see you guys next yeah. week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't jinx us, man. Don't be that dude. All right, we'll see everybody on the other side. Peace. Later. Peace. <laughs>